We're back! Hi. Hello, this is Sharon Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Hello, folks. And um, we've went on a hiatus that I didn't realize that we went on. <laughs> <laughs> I literally We were on was... syndication in the Philippines. Oh, I wish. We would have gotten some actual money. Hey. Uh, no, I actually, I was gathering the links tonight, and I was like, what podcast number is this? And and I went to go look, and I was like, what, 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 did, did we stop podcasting in what, November? Nope. Nope. October. Nope. It was September. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so this is Bird Chick Podcast 229. Thank you very much uh, for anyone who is still listening, <laughs> who still has us in their downloadable feeds. Um, yeah, I just think it's going to be a given that every autumn, we're just going to take a break. <laughs> this last autumn, uh, at least for me, here's some things that I see going on. We're a snarky podcast. It was getting to the point of where, oh, this isn't fun to be snarky anymore because there's actually really serious stuff going down. Right. And I can't be snarky about it. And I also, every time I went into social media, I was getting angry. There were too many things to be outraged about. And it kind of came to a head pretty recently when I felt the need to write a blog post that was like, hey, everybody, I'm not racist. And just kind of where my thoughts were. And I posted it on Facebook. And if you commented or something like that, thank you. Because a majority of you were like, yeah, this is kind of where I am. I, I, I just, I, I, I feel like everybody's angry and I don't want to be racist. And there's really, there are things going on right now that aren't normal. I had a few people with legit names like Bird Feeder who told me, boo, you got political. I'm never listening to you again or following you again. Which I'm like, I've never seen you comment before. That's awesome. Right. But I don't know who you are. Uh, and, and also, if saying I'm not a racist is uh, too political, <laughs> there's a problem. Right. So anyway, we're back. The podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and the other reason that we took a break is also I am working on a new Birding by Ear podcast that I'm very excited about. Yes. And it's going to be a little more formal than this, but it's based on classes. <laughs> it would almost have to be. It's actually going to be edited. <laughs> oh, good. And I'm getting support from Cornell Lab of Ornithology. Um, but it's based on classes that I teach here in the Twin Cities on how to learn bird songs uh, based on habitat. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to have an episode hopefully coming up in February if I can actually get my editing stuff together. All right. uh, if you have a habitat or some bird songs that you have had trouble learning, uh, send me an email. Uh, this podcast is going to be so formal. It's actually going to have seasons. So I might get to it this season. I may save it as an idea for next season, but I'm super excited about it. And sure. I hope it helps people learn how to do their bird calls. And you also, Mr. Non-Birding Bill, have mm. been working on a podcast outside of this. Yes. I think we mentioned it before. I think it's fine to mention it again, uh, that you and I have a life outside this podcast. Eh, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, Aging Poorly is an anti-nostalgia podcast I do with my friend Sam Landman, where we take things from at least 20 years ago and reevaluate them and see if they still hold up. And we just did Has a... anything held up? Oh, yeah. We always do. We all we typically do two picks each, uh, one that we think does hold up and one that we think doesn't. And sometimes we disagree. But that's... Yeah, we just uh, did a new episode. Just put it up today. What, what did fact. what did you think held up in your most recently episode? Uh, you don't have to get into the whole reasoning. The, no spoilers. Uh, the CD Saturday Morning's Greatest Hits from the '90s, where they took a bunch of indie bands and got them to cover uh, Saturday morning cartoon themes. Oh, I 
remember that. Yeah. I think that holds up. Yeah, it does for the most part. Yeah, except that one Flintstone song. There's a couple of clunkers in there, yeah. I mean, it's a, like, I think I never realized how terrible that, or I shouldn't say terrible, like how weird the lyrics were that Flintstone song until the cover oh, came out. Oh, we actually, out. Sam and I both agreed that that was a really strong track, actually, but... Uh... So anyway. anyway, so yeah, if you want to catch more of non-birding Bill, aging poorly, birding by ear, hopefully coming to you February, if not by March, I want to get things up and rolling. So that way, as people are hearing bird songs show up during migration, you're going to actually hopefully learn some things. Mm-hmm. Anywho, so um, I hate to say this. We're going to have to talk about owls. Okay. Uh, like owls. owls are a thing. They're apparently just a thing that's going to happen every winter. I feel like Controversial every opinion. Owls exist. Owls exist. If you're an owl denier, just sign off right now. I kind of like, I'm getting to the point where I'm tired of talking about owls or having discussions about owls. <laughs> Same way about birds. No, I feel owls in particular, they're, they're, those are, those, those, those assholes are becoming political. <laughs> The owls are organizing. No, it's just, so there was an article that came out in the New York Times, and if you're like me, and you just read news, and you don't have a subscription, and uh, you're going to get the link, and it says you've exhausted your articles, you're going to have to go into your incognito mode to look at it, Mm -hmm. but it was an article about the politics of owl sightings, and whether or not you should report them. Okay. And it even talks about how there is an owl omerta. Almerta, if you will. Almerta. Oh, that's, that's even better. Where I would have gone. That's even better. But, you know, do you report owls? And when you do, are you getting close enough? Are you? And, and I I will say early on, I kind of got into this debate. And it was mostly because I just thought it was hilarious that we kind of came to this point of mm. arguing about owls. And uh, the whole thing of baiting and whether or not you should bait. And I think I've, 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 I think we all can agree. I'm a classic flip-flopper on the baiting issue. <laughs> Because on the one hand, you're going to put a mouse in a bell jar so the owl can't get the mouse. Eh, I, I don't like that. You're going to put a mouse on a fishing line and put it out there when the owl tries to dive for the mouse. Eh, I'm not for that. You want to bait an owl for some mice. I really have a tough time finding the difference between that and putting out mealworms for bluebirds. I, I really have a tough time. I'm not going to do it because I don't want to be throwing some mouse, some live creature right. out. I, I, I have issues because I also ate meat for dinner, so I realize how... So oh, I God, just, is that what we ate? <laughs> that was meat. Yeah. But so I flip flop it. I don't want to die on this. You know, I don't want to lose friendships over owl baiting and, you know, how close people get to owls because I'm like, wow, I kind of feel at this point for arguing this much about it and not getting anywhere. Well, let's move on to let, let's let's argue about habitat restoration sure. and that kind of stuff. So this kind of gets into whether or not should you you post owl sightings. And some changes have happened, and this is all solidifying in my head. Do you remember the winter of 0405? Probably. I took you out looking for owls that oh, winter. Oh, yeah. Did we go up to Zaxenbog? Yes. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so for those who don't recall or aren't sure, in the winter of 0405, there was this tremendous owl eruption in Minnesota, and I think... It went over into Wisconsin, and it was not out of the ordinary where you could drive through northern Minnesota and see 50 to 100 individual great gray owls. Mm -hmm. And I remember because at this point in birding, this was early on in my blog, and I had tried to take you to look for owls, and every time I did, I wouldn't see the bird, and you became my jinx. And you went with me on this, and you actually saw the owl. And I took you and Lorraine and Jody. Yeah, I took you and a whole pack of non-birders up. (laughs) But that's also... 
the year that I really got my start because my blog started in 04. Mm-hmm. And then I got a lot of TV coverage because, like, hey, here's a girl. And she's looking at owls, and it's sub-zero <laughs> outside. Let's put her on NBC Nightly News. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really appreciative of it. But we, it, and it kind of became this free-for-all of everybody sharing owl sightings. And over the years, eBird has become a thing. And people have gotten into, well, we're not going to say where owls are because we don't yeah. want crowds happening. And... You know, oftentimes what I do is I just kind of cruise eBird to see what's there. And it's like, oh, that's where I'm going to go to kind of find these Mm -hmm. birds. And now eBird has a thing, which I think is great, by the way, of they're declaring sensitive species. In some countries, these are species that are popular in the pet bird trade or the poaching trade. Mm, And so (laughs) they'll give a general idea of where the bird is, but not the exact location. This has spilled over into the owl world. So yesterday I went out looking for owls in northern Minnesota. And I kind of tested it out, and I I actually selected the spot that I was in for this particular <laughs> sure. owl, because this owl doesn't care. And when I checked it today, it just shows up as a county spot. It doesn't uh, say the exact spot, gotcha. which it's great, because that means if you've ever been someone who's been hesitant to report a bird, but you don't want people to mm-hmm. inundate it, the data is still there, which I think is the most important thing. Sure. But if you're someone who wants to go up to the bog... <clears throat> It's a big, gigantic place, and you yeah. do a lot of driving between spots. And if you don't know where the birds are, it's 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 intimidating. So in that way, it's so anyway. I went up, um, and I also talked to some of the guides up there, and they kind of gave me clues of areas to search for particular birds and whatnot. But anyway, what has occurred to me? There's a crazy. We already know there's a snowy owl eruption happening. Mm-hmm. There's a great gray owl eruption happening, and a boreal owl eruptioning eruption happening. Oh well. And it's not necessarily getting reported to everybody because we're all being really careful not to share sightings so that the <laughs> owls don't get out there. But it was just kind of this crazy thing where I was like, I just kind of asked around. I was like, if I was going to search, where would I search, you know, as I mm-hmm. went up? And I saw five great gray owls yesterday, not all in the same spot, but one spot where we were just getting owl, owl, owl. I was like, wow, this kind of reminds me a little bit of the eruption. Mm-hmm. And just getting in conversations with other people about some of my sightings were like, oh, I know where you were. They're actually like another, you know, eight that are in that area i'm like oh really and then someone else saying well i had some over here and then just boreal owls never get their locations posted but just the fact that you're seeing all these boreal owls pop up on birding groups and like there's an eruption happening and nobody's talking about it and i feel bad because there are people out there that could go out and look for birds Mm -hmm. and they're not because they don't know that it's happening uh so i'm I'm just going to encourage you that if you are in the upper midwest Mm -hmm. and you are anywhere near some bog type habitat or some fir trees anything that you've ever thought this should have a great gray owl based on (laughs) or it has had a great gray owl at some point go out and look or if there are people like in minnesota there is the group the friends of zach zim bog and they have this really great tab that you can click on that gives you a driving route and recommendations zach zim now has a visitor center that you can check into, and they'll tell you about sightings. Sure. They also have a list of guides. Oh, excellent. Several guides. And I looked at the list, and none of them are scary. I know <laughs> everybody on the list. They're all great guides. Uh, and they will take you out for half day, full day, whatever. And so if you've ever been like, eh, I don't know if I want to do that or do the Zach Zimbog Festival, this would be the year to do it because you could get great gray northern hawk owl yeah. easy I'm not going to guarantee a boreal, but your chances are really good this year. Nice. 
Cool. And we'll put the information on uh, contacting Zach Simbog up on uh, this blog post. Yeah. And so if you uh, and if you have seen any of these in your area, I'm not asking for specific locations, but you can definitely let me know at Sharon at BirdChick.com. So who determines if an eruption has occurred? And See, and that's what I was thinking about, because I, I, as I was, because none of these, some of these posts were online, but I was also just texting with people saying, I saw this here, and someone's like, oh yeah, I've seen them there. I actually picked up one, two of them that have been hit by cars, or I've seen this, that. So I think in the past, if everybody had been like, I saw great gray here, and I saw one here, and then suddenly the ornithologists of the state would be like, yes, yes, there is an eruption. Everybody, go out and enjoy the eruption. And I think now what's happening is they're... I can't be the only one looking at this pattern and being like, oh, I think there might be an eruption going on. Well, I don't know if I want to tell people because then everyone's going to ask me where they are exactly. Sure. So, and I, I tweeted at Cornell. We'll see what Cornell says. Well, I would says. think that, I mean, not even like talking about specifically where the owls are, like something like Zach Sim, if they have a, you know, a tourist center or a visitor center, that they would put that out there and say, hey, come up here. There's lots of owls. You can- Zach Sim is... It's a wonderful, the Friends of Zach Zim is fantastic, but mm-hmm. let's keep in mind that this is their bread and butter season. Uh-huh. So all the paid staff, they're out guiding. Sure. That, okay. and, and. Well, I mean, I would think that that would just encourage more people to come up and. It would, but I think anyone who wants to, you know, take the time and effort to say, hey, an eruption is happening, mm-hmm. they're either busy doing other stuff or there's someone like, oh, fuck, I think there's an eruption happening. If I write about this, people are going to ask me for exact locations and I can't oh, tell okay. them. Because that's the other thing that I thought about because I know where a lot of these locations are. Uh-huh. If you text me or email me, I can't tell you okay. because they were given to me in confidence and I don't want to sure. break that confidence. No, I, I get that. But I'm just telling you that if you were in the northeastern part of Minnesota and you're around Tamarack Bog or a bunch of fir trees near a meadow... I would hang out there around dusk and, like, watch to see who comes out to hunt. Now, the opposite of that is you were telling me the story of the guy who got sick of the bird walk. Didn't somebody eh. post a sign that said, no use for birders or something like that? He had a sign. Oh, that was actually up at Zaxenbog. Ah. So the other thing that's kind of different now about Zaxenbog, and it's really cool, is that there are a lot of people who are now feeding birds and making it publicly available. They want the bird watchers to oh, come. Okay. So Zach Sim has their own feeding station with a trail. Um, whereas, like, before with Zach Simbog, like, people would check feeders, and then suddenly people who had bird feeders like, why are all these people parking in front of my house? So <laughs> it, it, so there were a couple families who were like, oh, we'll put our and bird Zach Sim is not exactly the place you live. If you're a people person, Zach Simbog is not the no, place you necessarily live. No, 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 no. So, but now there are more people doing it. Right. And there was one yard where... This woman has made like this big kind of U-shaped driveway with all these bird feeders. And she has this really cool signs like Mary Lou's feeders. And while we were there, uh, she came out of her house and she's like, thank you for stopping by. And we were like, oh, thank you for having us. And she's like, make sure to take my card. And uh, and what was interesting was across the street, her neighbor has uh, bird feeders in their front yard. But there are all sorts of signs. My absolute favorite is the sawhorse that says uh, private prop. Not number four, biter's use. Sure. Take I think it's biters. clear that right. I, I've, I both found this, I found this sign amusing and I sympathize because sure. I know what my spelling and grammar does when I'm angry. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm oh, sure yeah. what happened was someone blocked a driveway 
or anything. So I or you're like, oh man, this person is like. This lady across the street is having like all these people come, but it's kind of um, like when you have the neighbor who has all the Christmas lights. Uh, pretty much, yeah, house. yeah. So, so I I completely respect the sure. no biters oh, yeah. allowed rule. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is yeah. I've well, just didn't reread you tell it. Me, you tell me the story about the guy who put a fake owl out. Mm. So there are snowy owls everywhere uh, in the upper Great Lakes. And actually, they're really going south. I think there's been at least three in Texas this Mm -hmm. this winter. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, this wasn't in Texas. This was somewhere else. I'm I'm on a group that it's basically birders shitposting each other. Sure. Um, We just basically complain about each other. We we mostly complain about each other. And sure. what I really loved was that someone specifically complained about me and I've never felt so loved in my entire <laughs> life. But uh they they I complain about you all the time. Yeah, but you don't do it well, you do do it online. <laughs> That's But anyway, uh there was a, someone who had a snowy owl in his fe- field and he was tired of birders trespassing in his farm field. Right. So he took a fake owl and spray painted it white and put it really far out in the field. So it's the thing. You're driving down the road. Oh, there it is. And then you get it in the scope. It's this fake owl. And I was like, that is some top-level trolling that's Uh happening right there. So owls are everywhere. It's it's just fascinating to me that we've kind of gone from one spectrum of everybody go see owls. This right, is great. Right. This is doing. Oh my gosh, we're all getting too close. Oh my gosh, we're feeding them. We're not going to talk about owls right now. And there's there are amazing eruptions happening. So I would encourage people to go out. And I don't. I'm not saying you have to report the owls and tell anyone where the locations are. I would highly encourage you to put them into eBird because now with the sightings. Uh, it's not going to pinpoint an exact location, sure. and this is an important this is important data. But I'm really curious how many people who else have... uses this data besides bird watchers who are looking for birds. <laughs> do you really want to know? Yeah. Uh, when I used to do wind farm surveys, we totally use it. Okay. I mean, that was just part of the thing. Actually, one of the things that really cracked me up was when the planners and the engineers would before we would even go out and do the actual bird surveys they would look at that data and they would come to me and some of my colleagues my absolute favorite one was they were looking at the crane flyway right and they were specifically looking at whooping cranes and they said okay so ebird says whooping cranes have been pointed here so where exactly is that in that county and <laughs> and so that and their thinking was that every single year the cranes were going to be in the exact same sure. spot. And I'm like, they may not be in the same spot. And I'm like, well, how wide is it? Is it, are we talking five miles right. radius? Are we talking, what, eight miles? I'm like, hundreds of mile radius? <laughs> and and we get that question at the Park Service, too, when people yeah. talk about the Mississippi Flyway. Okay, so when birds are migrating up and down the river during migration, are they going like a half mile away from the river? And I'm like, they could actually be going 50 miles away because as they're flying north and south, they're keeping the river in their Uh eyesight, but the higher you up, you know, you can see more land. So, yeah, it's... People like that are using... Graduate students are using it. Good. Everybody's using it as far as, like, population trends. It's not just birders who use eBird. It actually... A lot of graduate students in scientific research. And wind farms and construction companies are absolutely using (laughs) eBird. All right. Hit me with our next story. We cannot escape owls yet. What? Because you and I are living in a police state right now because the Super Bowl is happening. We're not living in a police state. How many times have have the military helicopters gone over this place if we've been recording this? 
hardly, I would hardly call it a Have you noticed state. the number of drones flying around our home? No, I have not. How can you not notice the drones? Because I'm inside. They're more noticeable. I think most of the drones are flying at night because they think nobody notices them. That's fine. Whereas me would, anyway. and my birding senses are, okay, it's night. I'm not going to see birds. Yeah, so when I'm driving to and from work, especially when it's right. dark, I know which way the planes go over our you place. You know, it's, we are, I will grant you, we are living in an area of a time of heightened security because guess what? The Super Bowl is going to be here next week. There's going to be a lot of celebrities. There's a lot of television. Guess what? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of security around. I really don't, this, that is not what a police state is. We still have mail. We still have free press. We can still we, walk around. Do we? Do we have free press? We do. Yes. Yes, we do, to answer your question. <laughs> Frankly, I thought it was worse when the uh, RNC was here a few years ago. That was just a pain in the ass. But anyway, so This yes. is going to be as big of a pain in the ass as the RNC. Yeah. I, I mean, okay. It's ma- not going to go on as long. But I mean, this is an entertainment event. People are going down to. And yeah, if you want to go down into downtown Minneapolis, it's going to be a huge pain in the ass because there's gonna tons of security there. That's right. You don't know what's going on but, in St. Paul tonight. I'm so glad I don't have to work the park service tonight. Yeah. And I mean, like, but everything is, is geared towards being an entertainment event. So they are, you know, they want to make sure. Oh, people, like the RNC wasn't an entertainment event. It was event. not entertaining at all. Me texting you to tell you where to get off the street because the oh the riot police were coming tear gas was coming down the street for the record just in case people are listening i was not rioting at the rnc i was working for the park service and it was my job to roam Rome st paul during the rnc right. and just like say hey do you know you're in a national park site that's, yeah, when, we started, sure. that's when we started texting that was when we started using twitter yeah. that was when so Anyway, we had heard through the grapevine that there were going to be protests. And so I remember the day that I was doing this. Oh, God, this was hilarious. And um, you were texting me and letting me know where uh, people were planning to riot and protest. And I distinctly remember it was it was right about lunchtime is when the vibe completely changed in yeah. downtown St. Paul. And you started telling me where things were happening. And so I told the person I was with, I was like, oh, we should go over two blocks because it sounds like shit's going down right. a block from here. And I remember walking fast and some guy passed me in my National Park uniforms like, oh, man, there's a National Guard. I'm like, I'm a park ranger. This is not what they send the National Guard out to look like. Not now, in a black I understand hat. that. Yeah, it looks like you look like a statey. You look like a cop. I do. You know. is, well, sheriffs but have the, the same hat I do. That the fact that somebody would mistake you. I was packing no heat. Yeah, exactly. There was nothing. There was no vest on me or anything like that. I'm in the summer uniform <laughs> just for look crying down out and loud. There's, a, there's just a cadre of five foot two inch. Park rangers coming down the street at you. It's time to get I mean, out of town. Both of us were very lovely young women, yeah. very short. Uh, both of us were blonde at the time. And I just remember you started texting me, and, and all of a sudden there were sirens everywhere, oh and we could God. just tell. And I turned around and looked behind us, and riot police are coming. And I put up my phone to take pictures. Oh, <laughs> and a young woman is with me. was like, no pictures, run now. And she grabs me. And we're trying to open up all yeah. the yep. the doors to yep. get into the Skyway. Skyways are a thing in the Twin Cities. That's where you go in the wintertime to walk. Right. It's like a human habit trail. And we're trying to like open all these doors. And all the businesses have locked the doors. And we finally found one to get uh-huh. inside. And like 
we run inside and we get into a skyway and we watch the rioters, who I don't think were there to protest. I think this was just a group of people to riot. But it was like watching this crazy flock of starlings and they would like go from car to car. And every car they would be at for a few seconds, you would see like a little shaking and then they'd move to another car. And the car would, after they left it, would have like slashed tires and stuff. And then... Anyway, so... Yeah, those good times. Yeah, so I know some I, of my exactly friends... That's exactly what the Super Bowl is going to be I like. know some of my friends are freaking out about it, but it is not... Yeah, guess what? There's counter snipers on the roof. Uh, there's police, there's... That police happened and during military, the RNC. There's police and military presence. This is not the same as living in a police state. Anyway, anyway I'm just saying, saying if you're a birder, you're... So, like, at night, if you are someone like me and you know, oh, these are the directions that the planes go, right. okay, oh, that's that's the route for the um, medevac helicopters. Yeah. There have been... there. We've always had some drone activity, and I can tell the police drones from the um, real estate drones at night. They're sure. really adorable. Sure. Um, but recently, like, the, the drones that are trying not to look like drones that are trying to look like police, and I can tell because they don't go to the same path that everything else does, and sure. they'll also kind of hang in one spot. That has really increased this week. Here's what, when I, this is, and we'll go back to the actual story we were talking about. The last, when I used to work downtown, I remember they were setting up, I forget what the event was, but they were setting up, like, little barricades it was basically just to control people like to keep them off the street during whatever the event was and they're like setting up like little portable spotlights that they have and so the guy who's pulling all this stuff around is a police officer and he's driving a police go-kart but (laughs) because it's it's literally like just a little go-kart but it struck me as so hilarious i could not stop laughing about this they sort of made the go-kart look ruggedized and militarized. Like, it had, like, the panels on the side, and the panels were, like, slightly bumped out like it was armored. Mm -hmm. And maybe it was. But it's still a go-kart. It was completely open around all four sides, but they felt the need to make this look slightly intimidating. Anyway, so you were were talking about... Okay, so we were talking about the trams that they have at the Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport. Oh, yes. Apparently, they've been putting little wraps on them to say Super Bowl. Sure. And for whatever reason... Yes. Today, people, because there were two cars, right. it was it, it read Superb Owl. Right. Yes, and because I have been doing some segments on public radio about the owls at the airport, people started tagging me. It's like, OMG, does Bird Chick know? And like the first time, it's like, so I just like retreated. And then it's like, oh, does Bird Chick know? I was like, yes, I know. <laughs> well, then something called Jet Tip, which I think is just... I shouldn't even have said their name. It was like, oh, we've got the actual story. This is a photoshopped image. The idea was to give gentle ribbing to the birders who've been swarming to the Avgeek Park at the airport to watch snowy owls. And we just wanted to, like, poke fun at them. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You think that the new uh, park that's been at the airport for people to watch things is for you aviation geeks? I like how you think that that's your park. I'm, birders have been using the airport for decades yeah. to look for snowy owls. And, and, and But I just love that the jet people are like, we're making fun of you birders by putting superb owl. I'm like, uh, I also frankly <sighs> doubt that it was them. Superb owl is a very old joke about the Super Bowl. Oh, I know. it's a st- So I doubt that they actually made that. No, oh, no. He sent me screenshots of someone on Facebook who, who was like, oh, we should like post these pictures and like change this to say superb owl. Oh, they yeah. had the discussion. I'm like... Yeah. Mm, that's great that's, joke, guys. That's that's uh, that's an East Lapper. That's wow that we have never heard such a joke before. I thought birders had a terrible sense of humor, but uh, way to go, uh, aviation. It's sort of, and I know that this happens. There was a, a documentary I used to, I used to watch. I watched once called Uber Goober, and one of the guys was sort of 
describing in like the world of, of fantasy role playing games, like the hierarchy of who looks down on who. Like people who play historical war games look down on people who play fantasy role play games and stuff like this. So it's sort of amusing to me that you think that that AV geeks think that birders are the ridiculous. I know, ones. I know, right? And it, it just it's also like, really cracks me up. Like, oh, you know, you're intruding on our park, and I'm like. I love that you think that park was created just like for you. The guys who are into eight millimeter filmmaking look down on the guys who do ham oh, yeah. radio. It's completely absurd. It is absurd, and I mean birders look down on each other. Let's be clear. <laughs> I think we established <laughs> that. But no, I'm just like really aviation geeks. You really think that the airport made that park just oh, for you? Boy. Because Thanks, birders have been making way more problems with the airport than you have. Yeah. You're just uh, you're adorable. Uh, All right, next story. Um, oh God, it's still about owls. I'm just going to bypass it. <laughs> Tired of talking about owls. Well, my next two stories were, I had a story with Audubon, because Audubon would like me to talk about this, about how to find saw-wet owls. Okay, we can talk about that. You can Google that stuff. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll put a link here. And then also how owls are dying near some of the legal marijuana fields, and and mm. the not-so-legal ones. Yeah. Um, so marijuana, marijuana is legal in some states. Yep. It's kind of a wild west a little bit because uh, I was listening actually to another podcast called Reveal, and they're talking about uh, marijuana, that, how it's grown now in some of the communities that it's grown in, and the ideal is that with marijuana being legalized not only for medicine but for recreational use is that it also will kind of legitimize some of these places where marijuana has been grown in California for years. Sure. But one of the things that's happening is that there are still quite a few illegal farms, and they've been putting out rodenticide, and it's killing owls. Because, uh, you know, you want to deal with this farm you have. Right. You're floating under the radar because yep. you're kind of trying to blend in with the legal farms. Yep. Uh, and it's like, oh, wow, rodents are a problem. Well, just well, since we're not regulated, we're just going to. Oh, it's a drag. It is a drag, but it's something to, I mean, because personally, I, I don't use marijuana. That pause was too long because now I feel like nobody's going to blame me. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're a cop, you have to tell Sharon right now. No, we don't. Otherwise, it's entrapment. No, we don't use marijuana. Anybody can come test me right now. It's not going to be in our system. Um, that totally sounded real. <laughs> the more I prove that we don't use marijuana, the more it sounds like we do. Oh and I don't even have a problem with people who use marijuana. Uh huh. <laughs> you realize you're still talking about this, right? No. <laughs> and now everybody's gonna think we're using it during the podcast. They're not gonna think giggling. I am because I'm sitting here rational. Oh my god! I just, I want, I just really want some Doritos and gummy bears right yeah, now. My Lord. <laughs> this is why we haven't podcasted in five months. Folks. Oh, we are so rusty. Anyway, um, this atrocity will not. You forgot stand. what you were talking yeah. about, didn't I you? Know what I was talking about. I was just distracted looking at this barred owl photo because I'm pretty sure they meant to use a spotted owl. Anyway, there are some issues with rodenticides and sure. raptors, and it's just one of the. Because I personally, it's like I don't have a dog in the marijuana fight. I just, I kind of feel like it should be legal. I don't think "kinda" is the right word. Did I cover that burp? <laughs> I don't think I did. <laughs> Um, don't worry, I'm just going to put a, a glass pipe sound underneath that. <laughs> Cover it up so people don't know that you belt. That, that little that. kind of like bubbling sound. Not that I would know what it sounds like because 
we don't do this is hilarious when was the last time we were around one of those what was it like 1994 it's been a while since i've been around it (laughs) anyway marijuana not that there's anything wrong with that or it's legal I always thought it was really hilarious that once it got legalized in Colorado, the ABA headquarters moved away. <laughs> Not that I'm saying anything about the ABA staff, but I'm just saying if that is something that's popular and out there and you wanted some good fundraising ideas, no, that would be the place to stay. <sighs> what would happen? Instead of having birds and beers, what would I have? Like, Is it vaping? Vapes and verdans? I don't know. What, what is it that the kids do? <laughs> Christ. So Sharon has tied the rainbow bandana around her head now, and she's taken out her eight track of greatest hits of CCR. Reels and roaches. About to. Uh, well, no, you couldn't do that because rails people would think you were talking about rails of cocaine. That's the thing. Yeah. God Almighty. So out of the drug culture, I sound so old. Anyway, <laughs> what the fuck were you even talking about? I don't know, but now I can't stop laughing, and everyone's <laughs> gonna think I'm high, and I'm not. <laughs> I was talking about uh, rodenticide problems around uh, not so quite legal uh, marijuana fields, sure. and the birds of prey getting secondary um, poisoning, poisoning from that. Okay. That is a, that's an interesting problem. I wonder if, I mean, how is this being reported? Are people finding? Well, right the now birds it's not. Or? It's just, basically right now it's just like, hey, this is a thing that's happening. So. But what I'm saying is, how do they know that? I mean, they, obviously they're finding poisoned birds. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they wouldn't know that it's okay. There are large amounts of poisoned birds being found with secondary poisoning mm-hmm. in these areas. Like we're talking fifty okay. owls in a year. That's that's a sign that something is is okay. going on. And the birds are testing positive for, for rodenticide. Mm-hmm. But I mean I've always kind of been of the things like, hey, we should just legalize this and that will just mm-hmm. solve a lot of, and, and regulate it, maybe get some really nice tax dollars from it. Sure. That 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 has been my my thinking with that. I'm I'm perfectly happy to stick with Jameson. But um I know I'm not <laughs> I don't even have to say anything. You just keep t- digging deeper. But the terminology I use, you use, you have to know that I don't do any of this. But I feel like the more I deny it, the more I sound like I do it. <laughs> I always just thought that if we regulated this, that we would get some tax money from it, maybe even some conservation money. This would solve a lot of problems. But because there's still kind of this gray area of... It's legal in some states. It's not legal in others. In some states, we've already had this culture for decades of growing it kind of under the radar and hiding it. Oh, wow, there are all these farms now that are growing it. We're just going to kind of grow our stuff right next to this farm, and you're not going to notice that this is an illegal farm. And so the rodenticide thing is happening. Okay. There are also much bigger problems that are happening with marijuana farms. And if you want to learn more about that, I highly recommend the Reveal podcast. It's been eye-opening for me. They talk about a lot of things besides marijuana farms. but... But you don't listen to that. That I do listen to because it is like completely legal for me to listen to while I drive. In our police state. In our police state with all the drones, yes. Okay. We're getting out of the police state. We're fine. <laughs> all right, you have something about the Illuminati you want to bring up next? Uh... Yes. I got it from Vogue. Okay. Uh, there was an article, actually it was in Vogue UK, called Diary of a Bird Watcher. Oh, great. And it's a woman talking about being a bird watcher. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. Actually, in the UK, female bird watchers are quite rare. It's okay. it's different in the United States. The United States, percentage-wise, technically has more women who watch birds than men. Okay. I know men, some of the men want to think it's a male-dominated field, and there are men who do certain things. But in the grand scheme of things, at the end of the day, percentage-wise, there are more female birders than male birders. And so this article was about someone who started bird watching when she was 19, and she did it as a way to get closer to her dad, because her dad was like, oh, look at that, my, my kid's into David Attenborough. But she's actually become a bird watcher, and she just talks about her journey, and she actually gives some really good tips for if you're new to bird watching, this is what mm -hmm. you should do, which I think is really cool because in the UK, again, as I said, it is more of a male-dominated sport than female, so if you're... It's also very more competitive. Yeah, so if you know someone who's a hardcore lister, in the UK, I mean, you're a twitcher, and that makes a hardcore lister just seem like, oh, okay, you're kind of normal. Yeah. But... Uh, She's, and, and so it's really great. And I love she talks about going to Bird Fair, which is that gigantic yep. birding trade show. But the other thing about this article is, and I'm assuming it's her because it has her picture, her name, Jennifer Lane. And it has what looks to be pictures of her in different birding circumstances. And she's a lovely young woman. Here she is in a lovely evening dress being surrounded by parakeets and cockatiels. There's also one of her uh, with a golden eagle. Maybe just a tiny bit of cultural appropriation with her Asian garb. But uh, it's just, it's a really lovely article with some Vogue-esque photos along with... No, it just it just freaked me out that it was like, oh, hey, Vogue, UK. I have an article about bird watching and how to get started bird watching. That is not something I ever expected to ever happen in my lifetime. Okay. <laughs> Good. So is that, and that's in this month's issue of Vogue? I don't know if it's in this month's issue, but it's definitely online. Okay. I'm always very confused about what's actually in an issue because just based on my writing, you get paid to write stuff online and you get paid to write stuff in magazines. Okay. And when it's online, it doesn't necessarily mean it's in a magazine. Fair enough. All right. What else you got for me? I'm going to save the most depressing news for last. Um, the right. Migratory Bird Treaty mm -hmm. is turning 100 years old this year. As a matter of fact, National Geographic sent us... A lot of uh, PR about this year is the year of the bird, mm -hmm. uh, which at first I just kind of laughed at. I'm like, dudes, every year is year of the bird for me. <laughs> Why do I care? I'm like, no, don't you want to interview Jonathan Franzen? Okay, sure, maybe. We can do that as a restart of our podcast. When, when does Franzen want to talk? When do you want to talk? Okay, here are the dates that I want to talk. We never heard from you. When do you want to talk to Jonathan Franzen? Okay, here are the dates we'll talk about. What questions are you going to ask Jonathan Franzen? Nothing that would embarrass him. These are quite, yeah. Right. Jonathan Franzen has backed out of the interview. So it's like. I can't imagine why. I mean, this is such a professional organization. I know, right? So um, anyway, it's Year of the Bird. And actually, Jonathan Franzen wrote a nice article about why birds are important to him. And National Geographic has gotten Cornell Lab of Ornithology, the National Audubon Society, BirdLife International. I think those are the organizations, to declare this year Year of the Bird. And it's because of the Migratory Bird Treaty turning uh, 100 years old. And the Migratory sure Bird Treaty... Sure, got Willard Scott. Is he still alive? Oh, I think so. Are we sure? I don't know. We don't watch NBC anymore. <laughs> now that 30 Rock is gone, what's the point? Yeah. But, uh... So old. 
you're incredibly old. I can't wait till this podcast is done so I can watch Family Affair on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Uncle Bill. Uh, on your VHS copy that you have. No, it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't be watching it. You know what really irritates me about that show is no one knows how to pronounce Terre Haute properly. Terre Haute? They always call it Terre Haute. And I'm like, is that how you pronounce it? I think some people may have pronounced it that way, just because I think that's the way they pronounce it in Christmas Story. And I can't imagine that Gene Shepard is involved with that production he would have let that slide so i think maybe that might have been like a regionalism you and i both lived in Terre Haute for quite i don't know if i would call it living i lived there for longer than you did right i was there for two years and i don't know if i would call for those two years living <laughs> what? Uh, there was there was no living on six and a half street <laughs> also no one has any kind of southern accent or no, twang gene shepherd should have had that Although he was more a Gary, Indiana guy than he was a Terre Haute guy. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Terre Haute. They, they should, eh. Anyway, how old you are. How old migratory are? Bird Treaty. I'm not as old as the Migratory Bird Treaty. That is true. And the Migratory Bird Treaty is turning 100 years old. 100 years young. And there are some changes that have happened to it uh, quite recently in the last few weeks. And these changes are... So the Migratory Bird Treaty is you can't have feathers of non-game birds. So you can't mm-hmm. be, you can't look at that blue jay and say, I want some blue jay earrings. I'm going to shoot that right. and then make your blue jay earrings and sell them on Etsy. You can't find a dead blue jay outside your window. Well, mm-hmm. I guess you can do that. But you can't take those feathers and... You can't possess, sell, transport. You can't do anything to right. nest eggs, nestlings. Mm-hmm. It's an anti-poaching law. It's an anti-poaching law, yeah. So, I mean, if you're a third grader and you take home a blue... Blue jay feather, technically illegal, but no one's going to haul you into Nobody jail. Nobody gives a shit. Um, I would like to think if you're some dumbass who's collecting bird feathers and making earrings out of them and then selling your ugly earrings on Etsy right. that you're going to get a fine, but I don't think that happens as often as I would like. Right. But it is used, so the Migratory Bird Treaty is used in places where uh, it's, poaching is suspected. Because right. you can't say... Hey, you got all these blue jay feathers here. You clearly have been poaching them. No, I just found them. And it's like, well, you should have had this permit, so we're going to fine you anyway. They've also kind of used the Migratory Bird Treaty in the case of construction. I'm like, hey, you know, birds kind of fly into your wind turbines because they're attracted to that light there. And and so companies can say, oh, well, if we want to avoid a fine, maybe we should make that a blinking light. And let's see if birds don't fly into that, and birds don't fly into the blinking light. So everybody is compelled to switch all their stationary lights to blinking lights to avoid getting a fine. Mm-hmm. Those laws have been re- relaxed. Uh, current government is now saying things like, yeah, we're not going to apply that to construction anymore. Sure. And this is a cause for concern. I feel like the Migratory Bird Treaty was great when it was established 100 years ago. I feel like we could make some tweaks. I feel like we could make tweaks where it's legal for a third grader to have a blue jay feather so i'm out in a program with someone and a kid picks it up i'm like look kid i'm not gonna arrest you but i just am legally obligated to tell you to leave that feather here i feel like we could we could tweak it for that Mm -hmm. but i feel like there's also the whole thing of like we kind of should keep it in place i feel like a business that's just gonna make a gigantic football stadium that birds are gonna (laughs) hit during migration and die that maybe they should do some mitigation for that. And weakening of the Migratory Bird Treaty is depressing as hell, and it's something we should pay attention to, and it's something that's worthwhile spending your daily outrage on. 
great. <laughs> so, so, and that's it, folks. Have a great time. We'll be back in another five months with a. No, we'll be back in two weeks with a podcast. We're not going to be back next week. This is going to be an every other week podcast. Okay, if you say so. And if you desperately need more non-birding Bill, you can go to Aging Poorly. (laughs) We have 29 episodes over two years, so about as frequently as this podcast Oh, your podcast has been going on longer than two years. It's been about two years. All right, folks, this is Bird Chick Podcast number 229. If you have anything you want to ask Sharon, you can hit her up on Twitter where she is at birdchick. Sharon at birdchick.com is her email address. You can also find her on the Faces book. Uh, I am non-birdingville, and we'll be back eventually. Ta-ta.